I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And tonight, it's uh, I guess we're a, a team of three. Producer Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And the, and the two Jeffs. That's right. We're friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And tonight we are back in the studio, and we are actually giving this a shot on a Monday night, so we'll see how it goes. Monday night podcast. <laughs> this is new for us. This is. <laughs> Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night. Lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California. Beer Mecca within a beer Mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. And of course, make sure you find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram, I Like Beer the Po One, and I Like Beer the Ta One on Twitter. And we are also on Untapped, very easy to find. Remember, ILB Store is open for business. Check out the website, I Like Beer the Podcast.com. Click on Shop. I believe there's, uh, what, 19 shopping days left. That's it. Yeah, so. We're not promising delivery at this no, point. No, no, right? no. I, I, you know what? I'm not in charge of delivery. I hope I just I'm counting of, on some delivery. I'm just in coming. charge of counting down the days until Christmas. That's all my job is right now at this point. Hey, you look a little worn out. Doc took you on a ride? Yeah, we went bike riding yesterday, and in typical Doc fashion, what starts off as a uh, you know like a short ride becomes a what a three hour tour. <laughs> so, yeah, we we you know I'm feeling it today. <laughs> Joe, how you been? I've been good. Yeah. But it's weird to do this on a Monday, for sure. But <laughs> We're excited. But good, yeah. Excited to be in the studio today and with an old friend of the show yes. from our very first field trip episode, Raul Deju, the owner and head brewer of Guadalupe Brewery and Tap House right here, right down the around the corner, Vista, California. Yeah. Welcome, Raul. Thank you for having me, guys. Good to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Been, there's been a lot of change in the last time we saw Our first other. visit with you... Um, Let's see, that was June 2019, so yeah, crazy. <laughs> it, it was yeah. a whole different world yeah. in many, many ways. In that episode, you shared how you started your brewing business down in Mexico and how you made Belgian Golden Ale the must-have beer throughout the Guadalupe Valley. And I, I was just saying, what a great story it was, and, and listeners, if you missed it, make sure you go back through the archives, give it a listen, um, yeah. and anything you miss about those days in brewing uh, I guess for the more thing is anything you miss about those days back, you know, and in, in, in brewing south of the border? Uh, well, I mean, I, I miss there's, there's something about going into like a wine country. Like if you've been to Napa or even Temecula, any wine country, when you get there in the morning and it's just like the country and you just get there and the light is breaking. It's just something amazing or something in the air. Yeah. Uh, you know, so even if I was leaving here at five in the morning, getting there at seven in the morning, seeing the daybreak over the mountains. I just knew I was going to start brewing, but it was a good day. And I didn't feel those two hours getting there. So that I miss, but then I don't miss it, right? Because that's like an extra couple. I like, you know, we brew so much more now and it's so much easier and I'm so much closer to home. But there is that excitement when you're out in the country uh, and where everything needs to be so planned. It's not like here we have so many resources as brewers like, oh, I forgot a bag of this malt i'll just call a buddy of mine and borrow it or or go to the the warehouse and order it and pick it up like you go to home depot over there everything need to be pre-planned perfectly done because you're going to get there and you're in the middle of nowhere and you have to do it and and so you have to really be focused so different situation but here it's so much nicer 
now that we have the location and we can really see the feedback of clients uh, because you're really doing creation to consumption over there. We would sell in bottles and a lot of times in kegs to restaurants. And so we would have to go to restaurants to really see the feedback. So it's, it's different. It's a different beast, but very enjoyable. That was our fourth episode, June 2019. Yeah, crazy. We, we weren't even a podcast yet. We just told Rob <laughs> yeah, we, we were. <laughs> we might have, guess, was, we might have fibbed. And you were, <laughs> you were actually welding uh, the fencing. Yeah. The fencing on the back. Oh, we were doing that. And we said, can we borrow you for 20 minutes? And 45 minutes later, you're telling us your story. And, and it was awesome. Did you guys set up on one of the wine barrels or on the table? It was, it was at a wine barrel, I think. I think it was, yeah, yeah. 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 You were our first launch, our first field trip, because yeah. we hadn't been anywhere yeah. at all. Yeah. We'd come up with a name. Yes. So that we was did. pretty good. We did come up with a name. <laughs> and your biggest concern then, Raul, back in June 2019, if you can go back there in your mind, was the City of Vista finishing the South Santa Fe Drive so patrons could actually drive up and park at the tap room. Yeah. And... Uh, we were so young then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking that's the big concern. Nothing yeah. worse could be. There right. couldn't be anything worse than this parking situation. Yeah. And that was that was a year before they finished the street. So yeah, it took them forever. You know, people were like, "Oh, it's going to be three months." Oh yeah, three months turns into a year, and and people had it. You know. Don't get me started. <laughs> right. You know? And what a year that was, because you ended up having to weather two metaphorical storms. Because then COVID. Yeah, right. every, everything was great. Things are good. We're starting to open five days a week, and then March of 2020 hits, and we're like, okay, close it up. So how did you manage, one, to keep things going, and two, to stay sane? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, once you, you – we, we, it took us about a year, year and a half to get the building done, then get it open. Then we had the construction, so we're trying to be patient. We're like, okay, this is not what it's going to be. People don't have to walk over the dirt to get our place. There's a bulldozer in front of my place. <laughs> Nobody can see it. Kids want to jump on the bulldozer. Um, you know, so once that was over, I mean, you know, once COVID hit, we're like, oh, well, this is the cherry on top of everything. Yeah. So we're like, we're like, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 and then, you know, we, nobody knew with COVID how good or bad it was going to be. People thought, oh, it just passed by and. You know, one month after another month after another month, we just focused a little bit more on the store. So we do own the homebrew shop in Carlsbad called Carlsbad Brew Supply. And that kind of maintains the brewery. So with COVID, the interesting thing was that people, because they were at home more, the brewing went up. Mm -hmm. So like homebrewing, everybody that had stopped homebrewing for like a year or two or more was coming out of the woodwork. And I'm like, dude, I haven't seen you in four years. It's like, oh, yeah, I stopped, but now I'm at home all the time. <laughs> I'm going to start brewing. Right. Can't go out. So actually the store, you know, like I think business went up like 25% immediately, you know, yeah, crazy. or maybe a little bit more. Uh, now it's kind of gone back down a little bit. Uh, but that's, the store pretty much kept us busy, at least so we weren't in the red. And then we just had to keep... The, the bad thing was we had just finally got all our employee team at the tap house. So everybody's excited. So then they all went on COVID unemployment or whatever. Yeah. And then when October came around and they reopened stuff, we started reopening again. And then you had other challenges, right? Because they said, oh, you can't open unless you have a food truck. And yeah. everybody's, you know, trying to get food trucks left and right. And if you don't have food or, or we, you know, we hired somebody to just put their own food solution there. So we had a backup if we could, so we could open 
Uh, we thought, well, what if we put a kitchen? And I was like, oh, so, so many nightmares, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we got through it, and uh, now we're back. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll get through this wave of whatever comes to us, and we're just going to take it easy, and, and people have responded well. And we still think we got a lot to do. We still want to get the back patio all done up. So everything's still evolving, but the basis is there, and we have 12 to 14 beers on tap nowadays. Still trying to get more on tap, trying to get more IPAs because people are always IPA-centric here in San Diego, <laughs> right, yeah, right. which is great. But IPAs take a little more time, so it's not like I can have like six IPAs on tap all the time. Uh, so we usually only have like one or two. Uh, and the only reason is because we have two, but then they drink so fast because you sell so many of them. That it's like, oh, now we got one. and then we're, <laughs> So we'll have two. We're trying to get three on at the same time. We'll get three every now and then. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a labor of love. Your, your lineup is always impressive. That's something we've noticed every time we've been to with some year-round favorites, some seasonal options. I know you brought some beer to brag on, too. So I maybe it's time so. to toast your success and riding out these storms. Well, let's not just toast success. Let's just say, you know, let's toast just continuing work and some of the, you know, launch points that we're getting. And I think there's always learning. And I just wanted to see how it pours. Okay, one for you, my friend. It's so hard to pour. I don't want to. Cheers. Give me, give me the official glasses around. podcast glass. This is a full service uh, podcast oh, yeah. guest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he brings the beer. He pours the beer. Oh. He's slinging the beers across the table. And yeah, this is a cocoa blonde. It's actually pretty popular. We now can it. Um, we have cans. Even though there was a can shortage, but now we've got a lot of cans and we're going to start canning all our batches. So this is a cocoa blonde, it's about 6%, low ABV. It's all toasted coconut. We uh, we toast our own coconut. Takes me like a couple hours to get all the coconut done for a nine barrel batch. Yeah, cheers. Salute. Cheers. Salute, guys. I'm a big fan of coconut, so no, it's delicious. this beer is, oh, this like, this is delicious to me. Yeah, just, oh, if you don't like coconut, this is a yeah, horrible is, beer. Yeah. yeah, right. I tell people if you like coconut, try it. If you don't like coconut, please do not <laughs> try it. <laughs> it's like you will not yeah. like it. Yeah. This is the uh, Black Raven up in Redmond, Washington. Their Cocoa Jones. Their, yeah, their yeah, coconut porter. Yeah, this has yeah. that much coconut. Yeah. In it. There's it's just there's also delicious. like a secret off the menu when we have dark beers, like if we have a stout or an imperial stout or something. Sometimes people order that and they'll ask for like a coconut topper. Yeah. And so oh. they'll just put like about right so a couple there. inches yeah. of yeah. the cocoa blonde on top and and there's your coconut stout or right. whatever you right. want. It's yeah. just it's just enough to kind of give you that. I'm writing that, that down love. so I don't forget coconut there. topper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. We I'm not a fan of people mixing beers, like especially I told her, you're not allowed to mix ever, ever more than two beers. <laughs> sure. And even two beers, I have a problem with right. if it's inappropriate. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, none of these triple mixes that sometimes people will be like, oh, please leave. But this this one makes sense to bring in that roasted yeah. coconut, yeah. that toasted coconut uh, yeah. flavor and a, a dark, but a it's richer, a, It's a rather beer. dry beer, but just the coconut is intense. And sometimes people, it, it gives us sweetness, but then it goes away. So it's not... Right. You know, so sometimes people I don't like sweet beers, but they'll they'll drink this one and they they really enjoy it. So it's it's a top seller. Oh, it's very del- it's a delicious beer. Yeah, the nose on it. But is I agree amazing. with you. Yeah, yeah just oh even my like gosh. I said, just the smell of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
Oh, it's kind good. of kind of tropical a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. I think the more you drink it, it, it's good because it's dry. Like I said, I I tend to have a very sweet palate. Like if I drink something that's a little bit sweet to me, it's extremely sweet. Mm. So sometimes I have a hard time making beers that have a sweet finish because I have to kind of trust my sense that like, oh, it's too sweet for me, but it's going to be okay for other people and hand it off to people and. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's good. Oh, no, it could be sweeter. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> so I, I have to no, mark those no, things. I, yeah. No, you've got it dialed in. I don't like a beer to be too sweet. I like yeah, it but, to have a sweetness, but not to be. You know, but you're trying to sweet. sell beer, right? So you're right. trying to make yeah. beer for other people. Yeah. And and it's, sometimes it's hard, even though you have this concept you want to nail. Like I have an aversion to cinnamon. Cinnamon, I like cinnamon, but a little bit of cinnamon is so much for me. Yeah. So in trying to make, like we used to make an horchata beer that's really good in my opinion. And I'd always be like, well, it has too much cinnamon. <laughs> and people would be like, no, 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 it needs a little oh more cinnamon. God. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, who do I trust here? And I'd make batches and I'd like, again, yeah. I'm like, okay, it's too much for me, but we're going to make it for other people because I can't right. just make it. And then you got to trust the cash register, right? Yeah, no. And, and, and you, you, you know, it's fun. It's sometimes it's fun because it's a little bit of a challenge. It's, it's not your thing. So everybody's got a different palate. It is definitely. Part of the artistry of making beer. That's got to be hard. Make a beer that's a style that's not your thing or right. or, a, or a, some flavor notes that aren't your jam, but they're popular and they're, and your clientele clamoring for it. Right. That would be hard. I'm not good at appeasing others. Yeah. Well, also, I, yeah, it's funny because I'm looking at the, the questions and you kind of are answering them as I don't even need to ask them. But you kind of talked about philosophy about what you want to serve and have available, which you kind of talked about. It's like what you like, but then you got to think about what, what the public is, is going to like. Do you have a favorite beer style that you like to brew? I mean, I definitely love Belgian beers more than anything, but I like all the beers. You know, I, I, I like all beers. I enjoy a good, anything from a good lager to good common. But if there's one I like to make and drink more, it's going to be a Belgian beer. Do I make a lot of them? Not as many as I'd like. I always promised myself we'd have three Belgian beers on tap at all times, and I'm still not necessarily at that promise. We'd probably have... Two beers that could be considered Belgian or using a Belgian strain of yeast uh, at all times. But I want to get to the point where we have like three classes, you know, have the Golden on and the Tripel or or a different or an Abbey or a Quad. The plan is to get some of these sours that we do that are longer term barrel aged sours to have those in bottles. And so not take up a tap because those things don't move as much and they bottle really well, they yeah. condition well. Somebody can buy them in a bottle, take them home, and so we'll have that. So we are moving, like the barrel-aged stout that I brought, that one is in a bottle. We have a new batch we made of uh, whiskey barrel-aged uh, stouts, and we're bottling all of it. And there'll be one sixtal from the two barrels. So from 106 gallons of beer or 100 gallons of beer with loss, we'll only have a sixtal on tap. And that'll just be for the release party. And then after that, you can only buy it in bottles. And so that way we can have high-end product around and not take up a tap and maybe get some more fresh beer in there. I know, I know for That's our smart. group, having beers like that, a stave and nail, when you come back from Jester King, right. those are the beers that you like to present and share with someone else. That's yeah. sort of a, a celebration beer. Like I brought a six pack of this, but this, we're going to crack this after dinner or yeah. yeah, and it's a little bit more at home thing. I mean, otherwise everybody's got an Uber. I mean, you can't keep yeah. drinking fourteen percent beers, right? So, you know, uh, nowadays, I mean, it's incredible, but we have so many responsible customers 
uh, and that kind of hurts you from a standpoint of selling beer, but we're responsible beer makers, right? right. We can't, we don't want people inebriated. So, and driving. Uh, so if you're going to be a responsible drinker, you want to take stuff home. So that's where like the canning and the bottling is, is key. So we can give you a sample there and you go like, Hey, I really like this, but I can't drink more than half of the, one of these. It's like, take one home, enjoy it by yourself as a nightcap with your friends, somebody else that likes that style of beer. So that's that's really the key to have that variety. I, I think I remember that story from our first visit. You were talking about it in, in, down in the Guadalupe Valley, having to say that that's enough of the, the yeah. uh, golden yeah, ale. having to educate. <laughs> I mean, uh, Guadalupe Valley and TJ are very well educated in beer nowadays because of the San Diego proximity. In the years now of all that going into TJ and there's great breweries in TJ. But at first it was like, okay, what's your light beer? What's your dark beer? And they always expected the light beer to be less ABV than -hmm. the dark beer. And they never really expected the dark beer to be more than like six and a half percent. So it's like, wait, I'm doing a 5% copper colored beer and I'm doing a (laughs) eight and a half percent golden light looking beer and there are people getting plastered. So yeah, that was education process. Um, But you know. Uh, I, I mean, I like I said, I, I used to not even drink beer before I moved to where I grew up on the coast, which was a beer drinking town. And then when that was where Pacifico was made, um, so the only beer I ever really drank was Pacifico. So it wasn't until I moved to the States and I had like Belgian beers up in San Francisco at my friend's place or the Tornado or something. And I was like, well, I really like this beer. This is amazing. You know, why can't I find more of these things? You know, where can I get Chimay? Where can I get Herat? Where can I get Duval? And that's when my love for, you know, a little bit stronger beer, I, I felt it had more of a place in what I like to drink at the time. And then once you start making beer, then you appreciate all the other beers, right? You know, okay. like, I think it goes with wine too. Sometimes I think white wines are not as appreciated. They're looked down upon like, ah, oh, it's kind of like flavorless or low end or whatever. And then if you make wine, you realize that making red wines is really easy, but white wines are more difficult and they don't get any credit. You know, it's like, yeah, do them in stainless steel. They're a little bit, you know, there's malolactic. They're less forgiving. Same kind as in home brewing. Uh, Porters, browns are easier to brew without getting some off flavors really bad, you know, when you're a beginner. Uh, Some of the lager beers take more time. You know, you got to have controlled fermentation. So it's it's a process, but it's fun. I understand you have that tripel to share with us. I do. Let me get this one out. Okay. Who wants... Boy, that coconut's still lingering in that glass. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to... I'm going to pour you a little bit. Yes. And then you probably want to just kind of rinse it and wash it yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'd say down the sink, but there's yeah, no yeah, sink. Yeah. That's all right. How did they miss a... This is a podcasting studio, which is beautiful, by the way. They forgot the sink. What happened? Yeah. They forgot the that. bar. And the so. urinal. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. We finished our podcast. Or there was a urinal in the corner a lot faster. So, yeah. True. That's a good call, Roel. Yeah. So this is a tripel. It's about 9.8%. It's using a different yeast than the traditional Belgian yeast they use. This is more of an Abbey-style yeast. So it it's not as dry as I like it, my other recipe, but this is it's still pretty good. And it's on tap right now. It's got a high carbonation, which I like. Uh-huh. So these are the Belgian styles that I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy. 
a little bit of the bubblegum notes in it, just just a tiny yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Anything more than what this one had. This one's actually, my for my taste, a little on the heavy side, but it's still good because it still finishes dry. So the, any of that bubblegum or slight banana or whatever yep. is going to go away. It snaps yeah. right off. Yeah, it's yeah. gone, yeah. Yeah, so if it was a little bit drier, you almost wouldn't notice it. I, I like to notice it just enough. Just enough to, yeah. to, and then have it go to appreciate it and then have it that dry finish. That's exactly and We've talked about that for, for two yeah, years yeah. now, right? We yeah. like it when it goes away. It goes away. Right. <laughs> Not when it sticks with you. And the idea is to balance out the dryness with the alcohol because the alcohol also causes a drying effect because now you're above 9%. So all those things, you want to balance it. Would you ever guess you're drinking a nine percent beer with this? No, no, it's and I, you know what? Like well, this I said, is nine point eight. By okay, nine point eight. So <laughs> who's counting the? If you're rounding eight, up. So. No, it's it's it, it does not. So this this would be a dangerous beer if you just uh, gave it to someone. It is. Because, you know, we well, and we what we do, and most breweries do this is uh, we we do shorter pours for these. So it'll say on the menu, it'll say like, we only do this in a five or a ten ounce pour, because otherwise, you know, you can't. You do pints of this, you're just. No, I mean. I've had this beer on an empty stomach, and I'm a pretty big dude. I mean, mostly horizontally. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it, it, I even feel like, well, so. I, this is delicious. But I agree. I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, Belgian's not my go-to yeah, style. Again, but I, I actually really enjoy this. I think this would be one of those ones that would be a gateway Belgian for me because yeah. I'd be drinking <laughs> this Belgian. and I'd be going, I really like this. Yeah. And then I, you know, act kind of how I did with sour. Sour yeah. is the same way. I, at first I was like, I, I can't drink sours. And then I had a couple that were somewhat milder or just kind of, and then now I love them now. I'll, well, I mean, wouldn't that be with like a West Coast? Did yeah, you just no, love your first West yeah, Coast yeah. IPA? Did no. you just go like, oh my God, this is yeah. heaven? No. Because yeah, I remember the first time I had a Sculpin like, in like 2004 or something and i was like oh, what the hell? i was like what the hell is this my friend is like isn't this incredibly yeah. awesome and i'm like no why are you drinking this why am i drinking this and then later i'm like oh i love this thing you know it's like so that's very true another one i don't know i can't stop drinking this what do you joe's our belgian guy what do you think i love it i do too yeah like I said, the uh, banana stuff drops off and it uh, finishes really well. So, Yeah, I mean, these are the styles we like to make. I have a quad that's called The Godfather, uh, made after a friend of mine. Uh, uh, we don't have it on right now. We got we got some big beers coming up. We got, once we bottle this... Um, Wait a minute, it's not called The Quadfather? No, that, that, <laughs> I might have to steal that, yeah. yeah it's I all know. yours, that's for free. <laughs> we, we might, we might give you some credit on that. Um, but also, what is he the godfather of? So. He was <laughs> or just, you? He, if you, it, you know, he was just slick back hair, yeah. big dude. He looked like, he's basically looked like the Mexican Marlon Brando. Nice. Ah, nice. So, uh, <laughs> he's passed away now for a while, but uh, he was a big dude, very much looking like Marlon Brando. I would even say that he... Uh, he, you know, even his cheeks and everything. He, but he was darker skinned, so he just he would have been, yeah, like, and he liked that kind of beer. Mm. So he was one of my customers. I sell my beer at his bar in TJ, and he always carried all my beers. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to make this beer after you. I'm going to call it the Godfather, and uh, and that's where that quad came from. It's awesome. Kind of a quad Belgian, in the style of like the Carmelite kind of beer. So that, that's my twenty. 22 goal is to really dive into the Belgian style and if not come out with a love of it 
I want to be able to appreciate yeah. the style more than be surprised when I like one. <laughs> I don't know if you're in with me on that yeah. talent. But I, I, I know no, Joe I'm, will I'm, guide I'm, me. I'm, I'm, but I'm in. I'm he, in. He mentored uh, you through uh, Sours. He's yeah, going to mentor me through, through Belgians. Yeah. yeah, through the the Belgians. So when we when we visited you the first time too, you talked about getting uh, some of your inspiration kind of for pushing styles from local homebrew groups. Is that still part of your approach in in terms of that? Yeah, I mean, I think we used to be a lot more experimental. Uh, we still do that stuff, but. What ends up happening is I'm still trying to catch up. Now that we're open, you know, I need to make sure we don't run out of beer. (laughs) And um, one of the things that did happen with COVID is we had this amazing assistant brewer and he loved IPAs. One of the best people I know. And then because of COVID, he had to leave it and he then had to get out of the brewing scene uh, and go and follow a different path. And so somebody had been with us for like three years that knew everything that I could be like, Hey, do this. And like, once we started needing a lot more help, I lost that person. Uh, And then my other friend who was also another assistant, he went off and did his own thing. He's a personal trainer and he's doing extremely well and he can do a lot more money doing that (laughs) than making beer. So, so now I'm grooming the next generation assistant. Uh, and, uh, and so, and I'm doing a lot of the work. So it's, it's just getting to that point and then getting to that point where you can like, okay, now I can hire somebody full time and now I can just worry about more logistics, but then you take away your fun part. Right. But, but it's still, you know, nowadays we are making a lot more beer we just got to factor out which are the ones that people like. We now just got a small canner that can do 10 to 12 cans a minute, automated. And we haven't even used it. We've used it once. So all the new batches coming out of the fermenter, like we got we got an IPA that people like a lot. It's one of our flagships. It's called Hooked. Uh, and it's a West Coast IPA, really well balanced, just a lot of mosaic in it, fresh mosaic. And we got a new big batch. And that one will be canned uh, massively and maybe even start popping up in liquor stores. So once we start doing that, it's a different concept now that we have the canner. It's like we want to push cans so that when people go, they can leave and take a four-pack or a right. couple four-packs uh, like you would a growler. But, yeah, when we have events or people coming by, sometimes just people, like I said, they're on the way back from work. They don't want to drink somewhere and then drive home, so they just swing by, grab a four-pack, and go home. So. You know, I think that's a great, great, great um, alternative. Yeah, that's us. Taster yeah, flight. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then two four-packs of what right. I like best yeah. and on my way. So this is, you know how they have low fills at places where this one was labeled upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to steal from those other big brewers <laughs> around so, here yeah, that yeah. do the upside down yeah. thing. This was accidentally, so <laughs> without me rousing. This is going to be the City Life nice. lager. And City Life is a... It's a car club in Vista. Right. Yeah. I think there's like two or three car clubs in Vista. City Life is one of the big ones. The president and a lot of the members are friends of mine. Um, so I came up with a lager. They like to drink a lot of lagers. So I said, well, this is a lager that I think you guys would like. If I was making a really easy drink, an American, Mexican-American style lager, this is what it would be. And uh, But, it would, you know, this is what you would drink, so. Awesome. Where are we here? Yeah. Mexican American lager. Yeah, sure. Well, because, <laughs> That's good. Because we're all Mexican Americans here. So, Jeez. I mean, you know, the car club people and myself, I don't know about you guys, but I did do my 23andMe. Okay. Oh, good. So, <laughs> I'm 17% indigenous Mexican. And then 
the rest is all Spaniard. So wow. So I'm a thirty second of a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite a mutt. Yeah, I think I'm right. So yeah, so this should be easy drinking. It's yeah, nothing, very e- nothing to call yeah. mom oh, about. Oh, that is really, but nice. it's delicious. And it, I think, like you said, it's uh, you know. It's one of those ones where you can have multiples and many and enough flavor to yeah. drink it. It goes yeah. well with food by itself. Good oh, amount good. of carbon. This is coming out of a can, so yeah, um, still done well. So we said it's a it's a very good what kind of that beer flavored beer, right? So someone that's looking for a, a you know it's a it's very balanced, well drink. You know. I tell people if you like to drink Coors or something like that, you're gonna really like this one because yeah. this is what Coors should should taste, taste like. like more right. flavor. Yeah. yeah, this is what it looks like. It taste on the commercial when they're mm-hmm. pouring it right. <laughs> you go it has a, it looks like it should taste like something yes it and then does. you have one and you go that's disappointing yeah <laughs> well we were talking we were joking gateway but this is like the one where someone goes well i don't like beer i don't like craft beer you know and well have you had a, a you know a michelob have you had a course try this one you know and yeah. that's you know, gets gets people wow that, that actually right. has a lot of flavor and and uh you know Get some going. I, I'm kind of putting together my drinking order for when we visit okay. Guadalupe. I'm That's gonna good. have the the tripel early, just to get my game on. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't a palate crusher at all, no, so no, I have no. that one early. And then uh, I'm going to move into this late, yeah, because I could sip on these all night. This, yeah, is, and there, there's great. other beers there, and there's you know things on. We have some funky stuff, you know. We have seltzers. Who, don't say that word, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, people like those. those. Yep. Those are my experiments. Like, oh, if people are like, I'm not making a seltzer, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. And if I want to make it, I want it to look like. Have, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think when you're a small brewery, some of the things about the seltzers and the what the big boys can do, you know, is they have ways of filtering, you know, and you're not going to spend five to 20 grand on a filter as a small craft brewer. Like, why am I doing that? Uh, unless you're going to do nothing but seltzers. And so you have to find alternative ways to make a really clean looking seltzer or make it dirty, you know, by adding some sort of flavoring or fruit or something that's not going to make it crystal clear. And I just felt like there was two types of seltzers. It's the dirty kind and not in a bad way. I'm just saying. Right. right. They right. don't they don't look clear. Right. 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 Yeah. And so those tend to have, I think, more calories, a little bit extra calories, because they, they don't finish as dry. And then there's the weight conscious seltzer, right? The transparent, zero carbs, zero calories from fruit. It's just alcohol calories. And I felt, well, I think it's cool to have something zero calories from everything else. So I really want to do that one, but that would involve more filtering. But there's ways around it, clarifying, using the right yeasts. And so once we got to that point where we can make that, I decided I'd do it even just for myself. And so we made one that I didn't bring it in today, but it's on tap. And it's it's like drinking a cherry lime 7-Up. And then we make another one that's the dirty style. And that one has a little bit of a pink tint, and that one got a little raspberry lime in it. But I use, instead of straight extract, we use a flavoring. So it does finish a slight sweetness, but I'd say like, I'd call it more of a semi-dry. But that's just enough to make it so that people's brain goes like, oh, this is awesome. And so people like it because they want to think they're weight conscious, but they're not. <laughs> you know, what they, you know you when know. they leave, they're walking uh, over to Pepper Tree uh, and getting a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, at least you're, you're drinking a little bit less calories, uh, right. but you know, and they're refreshing. So yeah. they, they do have their place. I don't poo poo them like some other people do. Yeah. 
So along with your your great beer lineup, you you have a regular schedule of, of uh, great food uh, vendors that come in at Guadalupe. Can you tell us a little bit about some of them and highlight a couple of them? Yeah. So you know, part of the whole COVID thing was like, oh man, you got to start getting your catering game on, and we just really tried to cater. Uh, no pun intended to the <laughs> the food vendors that make a good fit. Sometimes some food vendors. They're killing it in Carlsbad or down south, but up here they're not when we had them. And it could be for X, Y, or Z re- reason. I mean, it rains on the day they came. So, you know, I, and they, they're they trying to make it. And so it's you, you got to have like a perfect storm. And a uh, couple we found, uh, one is uh, El Mendes. He's a birria guy. So it's uh, beef birria tacos. And there's this fabulous, and we've had him for, I mean, ever since we opened almost and every Sunday. So on Sundays, we always make micheladas on Sundays with that City Life lager you had. That's mm-hmm. our michelada beer. Unless it's not on tap, then it goes to the blonde or something of that style. That Not the cocoa blonde, but the yeah. we, we do have a blonde sometimes that's like no flavor. So just straight blonde. And every Sunday, people expect it. So he's there usually between 11 and noon. We got all the football games, the Sunday ticket thing. And people come to see football and eat, or some people just come to eat and hang in the back and have a beer or two, a michelada, when it's sunny. And, uh, yeah, the guy, he kills it. I mean, you follow him on Instagram, people come down from Orange County on their motorcycles and have, so it's it's kind of a thing on Sundays. So that, we, we're very proud of that, catering to that. And then we have vendors, we have barbecue vendors, taco vendors, uh, TJ-style hot dogs on Thursdays when we have trivia. They have TJ style hot dogs, so those things wrapped in bacon and yeah, that's all right. the fixings. Those yeah. things are so delicious, that but I can only have one once in a while. You know, so. <laughs> but uh, no, we, we we definitely and we're always looking for more. And some of our guys have gone to put a brick and mortar, and you know, right, we used to have a Cuban restaurant truck that would kind of not you know trailer because uh, we don't we're not allowed to have trucks in that area, so Crazy. you can have like a trailer. Yeah. Or like a pop-up, but you can't have um, a truck with an engine. So we try to never have that. And and he went in because of COVID, and he like sold his his trailer and and then went and put a brick and mortar. So hmm. and, and and sometimes also we have special events, so people have brought in their own catering and all that. But uh, yeah, it's if, you know it's better when you have more food because food and beer go together. Sure. Our game plan, we usually have a, we stop at Guadalupe, have some beer. We walk over to 508. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a great tavern right across the street. Yeah, make some great wings. And then we yeah. say, let's go back to Guadalupe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we go to Pepper Tree. And then we go to Pepper Tree for yeah. that Sunday. Yeah. After our, and they also got those bulgogi tacos I yeah. like. Yeah. They're Korean tacos too. Yeah. Those good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's, uh, I mean, there's, I mean, if, if this is going to be the arts district of Vista, if we can turn it into the next, like, Cedros, you know, we'll hopefully have some artists, some bohemian kind of places to hang out, um, coffee shop, restaurants, beer, and and food, and just make it kind of the cool alternative to the downtown Vista scene. We always feel pretty blessed to, to be right here yeah. downtown. I mean, our studios within walking distance yeah, of, you guys of are your tap room the middle. and, yeah. and uh, uh, several other breweries and some yeah. great eateries so we heard all about on episode four about you and your story 
But you've had, when we go in there, we see a lot of the same faces. You've, you've had a lot of the same team together, it seems. So We do. We, we have um, one of our beer tenders with us like over two years, two, you know, since we started. So we, we have a lot of the same folks. I mean, then you see my wife, you know, obviously I'm still married. So uh, she's, she owns the brewery really. It's uh, it, we're partners, but technically it's a woman owned brewery. So without her, I can't run anything. She deals with it, employees and all the payroll and HR. And I just get to do the fun stuff, which is cleaning and making beer, you know, and carrying kegs and all that stuff. So that you know, I get a lot of the. I'm kind of like I get I get a lot of the praise, like a quarterback would on a football team. Like, great job, yeah! I just won the game. You know, <laughs> so I, I threw the ball, caught it myself, scored a touchdown. You know, no, it's like it's yeah. it's a team effort. And like I said, we got the store. My wife manages the store. Uh, we have an employee there who's fantastic. He knows a lot of beer making. He's a young kid, about you know, and he he helps out in the brewery, so he's constant learning. You know, there are good things coming around. Uh, like I said, the canning is going to open it up to be into liquor stores. I don't know if you saw this can you can pass it around, but don't. it still has stuff in it. But this is our generic label. So this is the bad thing is you can't turn it upside down. Unless right. Somebody drinks all day. <laughs> I, I can, yeah. yeah, yeah just, uh, but um, the right. that was based, if you look at that label, that's what the uh, Guadalupe label kind of looked like it was a little bit more rustic the Guadalupe original label and then I took that same artwork and I recommissioned it to an artist and had it more in the engraving style so you black lined it so you see the Virgin of Guadalupe with like a a little beer worker underneath instead of the angel and then you see the grapes and the vineyards and the ocean in the back so that's our generic label. And now we have new labels. So the Coco Blonde is coming out with its own label, and it looks like a little surfer dude. I won't tell you what the face is like, but you, you'll see it when <laughs> it, we'll have something to talk about. And then we have the El Vainillo, which is a flagship, which is our cream ale. That's not truly a BJCP cream ale because it's more copper colored. I think my cream ale is more in the style of um, kind of a Kentucky Common meets a cream ale because it's a little bit darker in color and is not corn based so it doesn't have some that innate sweetness but those are you know the things we're coming up with they'll have their own label and then right now we're working on uh Oktoberfest, which is a dark lager like our well, that's one of my favorite our mexican martin you would call it it's like a traditional martin lager but we put a little bit of piloncillo in it so it makes it you know non-martin really and we have some new artwork for that. So just have a lot of those and uh, try to bring that together. And then eventually maybe we'll have a little expo of the labels out. And I, I, like I said, I think they're trying to move that area to be an arts district. And we are trying to, we always try to have new artists that are from Vista. Right now we have this girl named Mary and she's an amazing artist and she's got her stuff on the walls. Uh, and eventually we'll move to somebody else and give other people an opportunity to showcase their talents. So... That's great. The, yeah, that's awesome. that whole community. Yeah, can you feel? Yeah. Yeah. When, sometimes when you see people that you see the same faces, they're, they're just clients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're, they're, they're not working. They're just... <laughs> well, the, the staff's always very knowledgeable. And I start to ask a lot of questions. That's new. What's tell me about that beer? And they, they always know. So great job training them up. And 
Yeah, we got a new guy who used to be a client, and he was always there, and his brother runs the City Life Car Club. Okay. Uh, and he's like, one day, he's like, hey, I got extra time. Can I, you need a beer time? I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so his name's Caesar, and he's, he's, he's there. He was there on Sunday, and he's a really good guy. Cool. That's awesome. Now, this whole episode got set up because we ran into you at the Carlsbad State Campground uh, when we were there listening to Gary Seiler play live music at sunset yep. on the bluffs over the Pacific Ocean. And we noticed you had a beer or two in hand that night. So what does the owner of Guadalupe Brewery, the head brewer over there, order when he's out for live music for the night? What are you drinking? Well, like, I, I am the type of person that if I go into any beer bar or any place and I see a Belgian beer, like, I'm probably going to pick that one. You know, it, and it might not be the the only style I stick to, but I will always pick some of that because I'm always looking for Belgian style beer made by American breweries or a new Belgian beer I haven't had, especially in bottles. Like on draft, sometimes I'm wary because if they don't keep the kegs well, they're not, you know, you, you're going to get disappointed. I usually try to not order IPAs in cans unless they're local. Because I don't know. It's like, oh, a five-month-old IPA is yeah. never a good experience. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what I go for. But the camp store there in Carlsbad is um, actually helped them out through a friend of mine that did most of their draft stuff. Because we have the store, uh, we bought some stuff for them. So help them with their draft taps and all that. And the guy, the owner, is really, really nice guy. I must have been drinking like whatever my buddy gave me, like some modern times or <laughs> something like that. We were um, actually joking. I said, wouldn't it be disappointing if we looked over there and you were like drinking like a Michelob? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You weren't, so that's good. No, we were just kind of... No, you, you usually, uh, so go ahead and pour this yeah, one. This okay. is the Ojos Maria, and it's, it's a hazy that has no oats. So we use some Belgian grains that are not oats that are barley related and they will keep the haze like this and it probably could have roused it a little bit but even without rousing you can see that the color is pretty hazy yeah it is very evergreen this beer dried out quite a bit it's spelt grain in it and what it does is it gives you a beautiful head mm -hmm. you keep this like white lacy head but it's very dry yeah so it's it's unfortunately the dryness takes out some of the tropical notes. Yeah, you don't hops. have as much of that kind of that fruit. So it's not a juicy hazy. Yeah. It's going to be more like imagine a West old school West Coast meets a a hazy, and so it says I want all those hops, but I'm going to make them you know old school instead of just this juiciness. Yeah. So it has all the citrus on the nose right. for sure, though. Yeah, it's deceiving. Yeah. But you it get does a lot it. of citrus and a lot of kind of evergreen pininess. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of sea hops and I think equinot. And we used a pink boots blend. And so that one, that that pink boots blend for that year has a lot of sea hops, a lot of Cascade, Chinook, Centennial, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it has that bitterness on the end that some of those hops will bring. Oh, yeah, it's, for, it's bitter. Versus... Yeah. It's busting my ballot right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think it, you know, it, it has on the nose. It's, it, it's like a, a juicy tropical, but on the taste, you think, it's, it's and then more you try it, and you're like, it, "Well, no, it's, it's then, very... it, then it's like, oh, this is what we used to drink, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. And what, what's this one called? This one's called Ojos de Maria, and it means Eyes of Mary. Yeah. The reason it's called that is because sometimes, not always, but when we initially made it, we used Cavaque yeast. The Norwegian strains of yeast that were found, and 
in one part of Norway where the strain we are using is, and I believe if I remember right, it's the Hornendal strain, but we've used different strains. In that area of Norway, they're, what they call the yeast is called Mareo or something. I'm butchering it, right? It's like M-A-R-U-E. <laughs> and in, brushed up and apparently, before he came. apparently in Old Norse, they found, the researcher guy found, that that translated to Eyes of Mary. And it might have been because you had a lot of persecutions, you know, over there between like Catholics and like, you can't be Catholic anymore. Or we're going to straight Christianity or whatever. I'm not going to, I don't know. The details. <laughs> but so in, they still left that around. So that's why we called it Eyes of Mary and Ojos de Maria translates to Eyes of Mary. Yeah, and because it's, you know, Virgin Mary, Guadalupe. All that. Yeah. I like so it. So we figure Ojos de Maria means yeast. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it worked perfect. Oh. And it's kind of a rotating one. So uh, we'll do different things to it. Uh, we'll use different hops every time. So this one might be really dry, but the next one might be a little juicier. But our juicy, juicy hazy is called La Jugosona. And that one we use a ton of oats. It's more your classic hazy. It has that really smooth water profile that you want in those kind of Nipa style hazies. And then we make it a little bit sweeter. We don't mash so dry so that it's really juicy. And it, the sweetness enhances the juiciness of the hops. And and in that one, yeah, we're using citra. We're using mosaic and all the really, you know, what people expect. But in this one, it's kind of like more experimental. Because we figured we were using yeast, and we can do this one in the summer. And that's why we don't use oats. So it's a non-traditional hazy that lets us be like, hey, we got uh, three different types of New Zealand hops that I don't know what I'm doing with. Oh, we just got this weird Motueka bag. <laughs> let's, it's brand new. Let's use it before we, you know, it goes bad or something. Let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's experiment. I mean, because that, that's kind of one of the problems. Once you get a flagship beer, you know, you want to create it and be consistent, especially if you're going to can it because you don't want somebody coming in and be like, oh, the, the hook doesn't taste good right now. Right. It's like, no, well, it should taste good every time or better, right? It should taste as good as you had it the first time or better. If you're not doing that, you're failing, in, in my opinion. So if I'm not doing that, I'm failing. So, you know, I don't want to can something if it doesn't taste as good as the first one I canned, right? Yeah. Um, whereas the Ojos is more of an experimental one. So we can take that in liberty because we will tell people, well, this one's really, but the, our flagships, you know, our vanilla cream ale, our cocoa blonde, those got to taste as good as they did the first time. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the fun part. That's like you were saying, like, do we miss it? Well, I, I got this little outlet, but you know, this one changes like this much. And then we still got to do all the other ones that right. people like. Uh, so it's fun. It's fun. That lets you be creative. Gives you that outlet to yeah. to experiment and, and bring. Because if you nail one, and, right. and all of a sudden everyone says, no, that one, then you got another flagship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, like what I was saying is then you don't get a chance to experiment with so many of the new hops. So right. then that's why we make pilots sometimes and we'll put out like a one keg or two kegs of a pilot beer. Like, what do people? Oh, people are like, yeah, I like it. But you still don't know, you know. It's nice when... You just have something constant, that, and and there's people, there's people that want to drink the same thing every time, and then there's a the person that's like, oh, is that good? Oh, that's fresh. Oh, I'll have some of that, you right, know. And, and so it's nice to have the, like I said, 
the seltzer for the weight conscious person and the seltzer for the person that just wants to party and feel like they're drinking something light. <laughs> so, you, you know, it's, it's you, Joe. That's me all yeah. day long. <laughs> weight unconscious, I think yeah, they call it. So. No, I, like, I like that. that, And I think like that's one of those ones where someone comes in and says, I like IPAs. We'll try this one. It's it's, yeah. it's got that traditional taste, but it also has a little, like I said, the, off the nose, it, it's just a different feel or different. I really like that yeah. that contrast between the nose yeah, and the, and the dryness yeah, of the taste. Well, uh, that worked for me. Yeah, pass it over. Work on that, that can yeah. is not going to empty no. itself. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of got greedy on the last one. We didn't share with talent. That's so. okay. <laughs> I'm good. First. I'm waiting for that one. Um, yeah. Trivia on Thursdays, football on Sunday and Mondays. Um, you've highlighted a lot of the stuff that's coming up, but anything else you'd like to highlight as far as upcoming events, plans, well, that kind one, of stuff? One of the cool things, I don't have like dates of events planned, but one of the things we were doing pre-COVID is we went and got our music permit, but the music permits here in Vista were restrictive uh, at the time for everyone, for everyone, for everyone downtown. And we are still considered downtown in that section we're at. So the music permits only allowed tasting rooms or people with uh, our type of license, tasting rooms, 508 Tavern, all those guys, the the other ones on Main Street. They only allowed them to have indoor music with windows and doors shut. It <laughs> doesn't go well with and COVID. Like, That's fun. No, yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? It doesn't go well with COVID. <laughs> I think with COVID, they weren't like really putting pressure on people to keep that in order. But what happened is they stopped one of our events that we were having outside. And I said, well, yeah, but I just want the music permit. Like, just give me the music permit. I mean, I want to do this all legal. Uh, uh, We've always wanted to do that. And we love the city of Vista. And they go, well, you can't because it doesn't exist, right? And so I said, well, how can we make it exist? And uh, working with the clerk's office, and I'm sure she was listening to other business owners, Finally, in November, and I'm going to say it was like November 14th or something, there was a hearing at the city council. And they said, well, if you want to talk about it, you better go there. So I went over there. I think it was some folks from the lawyer for Barrel and Stave or some owners for that and a couple of the other businesses and even some city people. And they all said, hey, you know, we want to make Vista fun again. And that was kind of like the what you got from it. Uh, and I just said, look, we, we're not looking to be a a dance club. We're not looking to have uh, heavy metal bands three times a, a week. We just want to have, you know, singer songwriter, maybe a DJ. What if somebody has a wedding reception and they want to have some dance music? I mean, they're all, it's only going to be for like two to three hours. Right. Um, you know, how can we have this? Cause we, we have to differentiate ourselves from the other 105 breweries in San Diego County. You can't say, Hey, the rest of this, uh, breweries can have bands but the ones downtown you guys are done and i was like well you know so that doesn't make any sense so especially with all the work we've put into making downtown the place to be we invested you know we weighed in on the construction and we're still these are baby steps i mean the apartments aren't even done there's there's going to be four years from now this is going to be totally different yeah right and we wanted to evolve gently and still with respect to all the people in the houses around there you know we get so many compliments when we were having an event or something. People would walk down and they would be like, this music. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then this lady was there with her daughter and she's like, oh, we live like two blocks over here. And this is so awesome that we can now walk down and have a little beer and there's a little music and some food 
And like, oh, we've been wanting something like this for years, they said. And it's like, okay, well, that's what we're trying to do. And so getting that type of feedback is great. And we just had on Saturday, we had a singer-songwriter that's moving to Nashville. His name's Josh Petroni. And, you know, unfortunately it was great, but he's moving. So, <laughs> um, But we're looking for those singer-songwriters. We're looking for those small bands. That's awesome. Uh, Doc does an Elvis. Uh, yeah, you know, that's yeah, very cool. We're going to try to incorporate that more, like having like Wednesday and Fridays and Saturdays where we do just some live music. Right. So you can have a little differentiator. Uh, and and also we might have like Loteria. We have, uh, <laughs> uh, which is, they'll call it Mexican bingo, but I, I don't want to compare it to bingo <laughs> because it's not, just because you have a sheet and stuff, right. but it's very different than numbers and blotting and smoking and. <laughs> yeah, <anyways. laughs> so, um, so we'll have that also coming up. But I think the music thing is really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's great. fun for us. Uh, there's such a variety. I, I I wanted to be a sound engineer at one point growing up, and I was going to study that. And thank God I didn't, because I probably would have you know been poorer than I am right now because <laughs> uh, sound engineers don't make any money. And then who knew that Pro Tools was going to come around and right. ruin everybody's gig? <laughs> um, but yeah, so. So live music is good. We're you know if if anybody listens to this and they're like a, a singer songwriter or they like to gig around and yeah that's, um, that's good yeah we we will be, hopefully create a venue for that so that people can come hang out and practice their art. All right. So, so did you've the got city, your recorder yeah. from third grade. I I've, do. Got, I've got bongos. Yes. What do you got? Yeah. Drums. I don't play them well, yeah. but I'll yeah. play them. <laughs> oh no playing them well mm-hmm. no that's, no, that's a great idea. i actually i think that's one of the things that's kind of missing from downtown vista yeah. is that that live music option and and i you know i do a lot of traveling or have been and and everywhere i go i go to breweries and that's one thing when you go to other states and stuff you go it's pretty much thursday friday saturday they will have some and it's not it's not a band it's, right. it's a singer songwriter so you just you know have some beer there's food and you sit and listen to someone and it's just a nice nice uh, touch to the evening yeah and other places have like stages yeah. and all this huge space and i'm like I don't know if we're going there, but we do want to have, I want to have a uh, safe space for uh, musicians that just want to come and and hang and and do their little thing so they can be like, hey, you know, I'm just trying to get my gig going and, and, and get to the point so then I can get bigger and have my friends over and have a beer and, and, and play somewhere. Right, they're looking for a place to showcase it and stuff. So, and I played there actually a really cool, uh, it was uh, Loteria, but it was Star Wars at El Paso Brewing. Oh, that yeah. was a lot of fun. Actually, it was a packed house. They, did like, to, yeah. Yeah, they did like every one of the nights and we went one of them. It was a blast. So, so we, you guys will we, come we will hear have... me drum there. Yes, then, I, yeah. yes definitely. <laughs> yes. That's going to be awesome. So. Whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're Ooh, safe. this looks exciting. We're safe. We're safe. Okay. What is you this? You take over. I'll take over there. All right, there you go. This oh. is 14% as far as I know. Why don't you tell dry it here? All right. Yeah, I don't want to get any of this good stuff. There you go. That's you. It's on to you. Because oh. then they'll kick us out. Oh, it <laughs> smells amazing. So this is a special edition, guys. So... The one that's going to come out, it's going to be called Nuestra Señora, which is Our Lady. And the one that's going to come out is aged in large 53-gallon medium whiskey barrels from Tennessee that are super wet. Um, They had just been emptied like two days before we filled them up. This one we're having here is in a five-gallon blue corn whiskey barrel that was second use and then was filled with Irish whiskey. And then yes. it was in there for 10 months. 
So in a five gallon barrel, 10 months is like equivalent to like three times that. But because it's second use, you don't get as much oak, but you still get like, I think, I feel like the equivalent of like a good 18 to 20 month, like it's very woody. Then it starts getting some like sherry notes to it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a little chocolatey in there. Yeah. Well, it should be super. I mean, the, this grain bill was meant for the barrel. So we didn't make like an imperial stout and then decide to put in a barrel. We made this pillowy thing with like, you know, 45% oats, like a thing that was not going to taste all that great when it was fresh. It was, it was good, but it wasn't like great. But the the barrel aging is what makes it. Better. There's some like vanilla, a little bit of vanilla in it, or no? It just that just comes from the barrel, and is it? It yeah. just kind of smooths everything yes. out. It's yes. kind of, yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. Cheers. This is it's oh, kind of funny oh, because delicious. somebody said, you know, you could put a little vanilla in, enhance it and stuff. No, and I was like, well, yeah, no. but, w- w- but I didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I, you yeah. need to. But I, no. it, it has like it just got that smoothness. It has a little. It, if, if, if I mean, maybe again, it's that. Uh, power of suggestion but the, it's got some of the vanilla notes it has a little bit of a mint in there um, you know that's what? probably coming out of the barrel this thing i the last time i tried one of these was four weeks ago and it was not this good yeah, it's yeah, this thing is amazing, amazing. No, it's, amazing. This, it's condition in the i mean we bottled it probably three months ago and you know, it's, the, a lot of times my issues with barrel aged is that they're super boozy. And yeah. this isn't boozy at all. Yeah. I mean, you it, get it a little bit, but I, some, I, I feel no, the booze. you get it, but I mean, it's not overwhelming. You know what I mean? Not it's, in the it's, flavor, yeah. yeah. Like right. the nose is boozy, yes. but then when you drink it, you don't feel like... I just don't feel like... I wouldn't like, say 14%. Well, I'm going to sure. tell you one thing. It, the one we're going to come out with is very Tennessee whiskey forward. This one is kind of... You get a different note because it was an Irish style whiskey in this barrel. Yeah. Right. So it's it has like a slider. I take it back boozy. on the initial taste. You get the booziness, but then it smooths out. That's that's yeah, I, that's where I get like the it, where that gets. Oh, that's where I get the vanilla, where it almost smooths out into the chocolatey, and and it just. I think like it, it conditioned in the bottle really well. I'm actually, I, it's kind of funny. I got to try this again with my assistant because first time he tried, he's like, I like the the new one better, the one that we're just yeah. about to mm-hmm. bottle. And I'm like, yeah, it's too, totally different. He didn't like this one, but I think it's it's just it was too young in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. I, I on the initial sips, yeah, you get the booziness, but I, I, it just goes away, and it's it is good. It's just delicious. Uh, I like it. Me too. This one finishes a little bit drier, uh, but but you know, can you you can't drink two of these? No, in the, in the tap house. This is and, the way to drink it. And, and, sit and then sip it, and then drive home with friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah not again. I sip can't, it with friends. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> not again. Lesson learned. <laughs> Honey, pick me up. I really yeah. like, I, I appreciate <laughs> the dryness. I've been watching. I've finally been started Ted Lasso. So I found myself oh saying, my gosh, I <laughs> appreciate you. Yeah, I yeah, 12 yeah. people yeah. in the last three days. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yes. I, what I appreciate about this, I do let the dryness makes it for me. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, pastry stouts and a lot of those that are sticky sweet, syrupy sweet. A little bit. Yeah. I don't, part. that's a real, that doesn't work for me. Uh, but yeah, this, this yeah. is not, it's, it's full bodied. That's because, I mean, no offense to you, my friend, and and I like, I can't take pastry stouts, but I show my age. But the younger crowd, oh, they love those pastry stouts. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've made pastry style stouts, and people love them. I'm not like the other kids. We made a a drunken Elvis with a friend of mine. Yes, we Um, had that with the peanut butter. Yes. And and that one, that one... Flew. And it was that's, great. That's that style. And so I, I, it, I can drink a pastry, a little bit of pastry stout. I like it. I like the novelty of it a little bit. I, I enjoy it too. Yeah. I, look, I enjoy a pastry stout, but the difference is but that I, I'll take a ten ounce pour 
and 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 like finish it, and that's it. That's it. Right. Like he, I could probably drink this, this whole is, yeah. half liter bottle. Yeah. Yes, I could. You it know, would take because me a while. it's because it's drier. But I would sit there in one night and drink it all. But a pastry style is not because my palate does not yeah. take sweetness. Yeah, that's right. But I think a younger palate and other people can they they have a sweeter tooth and and they like that. Roll. What's the name of the spear? This one's going to be called Nuestra Señora, Our Lady. Our Lady. Yeah. And, uh... Wow, it's really good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's really good. And you and I... Go there? Yeah, and I we, we we've, we've made right. a version of this stuff with, uh, with the, the brewer at Helia. Okay. So we have worked on, on this type of stuff together, so... He will be coming out with his own version in his own barrels. He's got different whiskey barrels and stuff like that. So look for that one over there, too. And they'll be totally different tastes. That's unfortunate because this is exactly <laughs> the taste you want to go with. Well, but this one, you're having, like I said, yeah, you could change it. You, you take know, it, it, no, well, it, it could be different. You're only, well, then I'm happy this I'm is here. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I only made this one barrel was for my friends. Oh, well, we appreciate that. Oh. Yeah. So you, this will not be sold. Cheers to you. Cheers, yeah, yeah. that's right. Our, yeah, the, cheers. cheers. This one's not sold. No, you'll, is... you'll get the other one, and the other one's really good. Yeah. Our awesome. highest honor that we award a beer okay. is to call it the Shawshank beer. Yeah, no, this is And fantastic. this, yeah. Joe, you with me? I'm with you. And what? talent? Mm-hmm. This is a Shawshank beer. So, what is the Shawshank? Is so have you because... seen the movie? The movie. Well, yeah, I've yeah. seen so it. So, the times. one where they talk about where you're sitting. You, I mean, you can explain it more, but you, they're, they're sitting up on the roof after they've re-roofed, and and uh, Andy Dufresne has got the guys a beer, and they sit up on the rooftop and say, "We felt like men, right? That this is that the, this is the highest glory where they finally they felt." free like yeah could yes. this is like yeah. the pinnacle of yeah. life is to yeah. have this beer in this place and this time and and, I, and this I, is I agree. it it's, and then it's, to find out no one else gets it oh yeah just no, made yeah, it that, that i think that might have been the topper for me yeah. <laughs> no I, yeah, I, yeah. it's really well like i said I'm, it's it's a friends only bottle it's yeah. fantastic so, like so it's said, friends and us so yes <laughs> we sat and drank with the sun on our shoulders and felt like free men hell we could have been tarring the roof of one of our own houses we were the lords of all creation. Wow. That's fantastic. I'm, I am excited to try the other variations. Yeah. But I'm delighted that we, that we were in on this bottle. That, yeah. yeah. I think you'll, you're going to enjoy the other one. Yeah. It's, it's really good, too. It's just a little bit slight different whiskey, you know, finish. How much is left of these bottles? Oh, my, I think I gave half to my buddy at Helia, and then... And his name is? <laughs> Joe. Kelby. Calling him Kelby. You guys never met? Yeah, we've, yes, had him. we've actually had him on the yeah, show. There. Yeah. 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 Oh, it we was, can have him down. Yeah. It was we had him, that was during COVID, so it was Zoom. We met him yeah. via, via Zoom. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, well, next time we should get Kelby and me here. Yeah, there we yeah. go. I'll, I'll stay quiet, and we can talk about crazy stuff we do. <laughs> But so you gave half to him and yeah of these bottles because I promised him this was kind of like our little pilot thing, and I said, well, this one's going to be ready sooner. But then what happened was I just let it ride, and then I'm done. I mean, I'm like, well, this is much oakier. <laughs> um, but um, the other one is beautiful. The other one is is so Tennessee whiskey forward. You you guys will like it too. It's not it's not much sweeter. I mean, it's the same base. Yeah. It's just you'll see the difference of what the wood gives you. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the can art, and I noticed the uh, 
the guy on the bottom is holding a Belgian gold. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. No, I, <laughs> yes, I love the, you, the nice see, tiny detail because it's you, little tiny. You, it's a Belgian chalice. Yeah, I, Belgian I have, style uh, chalice. Yeah. I have one of your shirts that was done in like the Padre font and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, but that I'd, like, I'd like to get a, uh, I hope you guys are going to do some shirts with we this. We don't have shirts of that with the, with one. That's one the on old there. one. We, we'll probably start yeah. doing older art like that. Yeah, do a little, do a little retro. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, I think you're probably one of the few people who've noticed that was a Belgian chalice yeah, yeah. in there. Nice. That's what I'm here. Well, I'm in the club because I've had this beer. Yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you again for sharing your time with us, your story, and your beer. Uh, listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. Make sure you make your way over to Guadalupe Brewery, downtown Vista. Right. you got trivia on Thursday, football on Sunday and Monday. And micheladas. And micheladas. Yeah. And you've got Mendez's tacos on, yeah. on Sunday. So make sure you guys get over there and, and try some of these beers. All of them were fantastic tonight. And uh, make sure you share uh, our podcast and check us out on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, visit the ILB store and pick up some swag. I like beer, the podcast.com. We'd love to keep drinking. But right now, we got to run. B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer run.